You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Lisa Keefe, editor in chief of Meeting Place and Alt Meat. Welcome to this month's Meeting Pod episode dedicated to the meat alternatives market. Amos Golan is the founder and CEO of Chunk, a plant-based meat company in Israel. Chunk skipped over the patties and the nuggets that most plant-based analog makers create and went right to the steak. Chunk's filet mignon is on the menu at several white tablecloth steakhouses in Central Florida, and Chunk can be found at other locations in New York and California. Amos joined Meeting Pod to talk about Chunk's strategy and how they replicate the grain of a beefsteak so it cooks up just like its animal protein counterpart. Amos Golan, thank you very much for joining us on the Meeting Pod podcast this month. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, especially uh, such long distance. Let me ask you, I mean, these are difficult days uh, for plant-based protein, and yet Chunk is in expansion mode. You're signing up distribution points and getting financing. And how is it that Chunk is zigging while everyone else seems to be zagging at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think the chunk really represents a new group of startups, a new group of companies in the space that have something else to offer. We all got excited about plant base in you know 2016 and even before with Impossible and Beyond and a few other early players. But there were some issues with those products, flavor of these products, the, the, the health benefits of some of these products, cleanliness of the label. And I think what chunk brings to the table is a new experience. It's a the product is very clean. We're very proud of the very short and clean ingredient deck. We have nine ingredients, including salt and water and soy flour. So very, very clean ingredients that everyone knows and recognizes. Uh, and we operate in a, in a, in a space within plant-based meat that's uh, currently not addressed, which is whole cuts, mm-hmm. uh, whole muscle cut products like steaks and roasts and kebabs and pretty much any type of meat that's not ground meat. Uh, is something that we now can address with a plant-based offering and can be used in any type of cuisine. So what we're seeing is, is chefs and consumers getting really excited about the ability to finally use an option that is great tasting, that has an amazing te- you know, whole cut texture and a very clean label with ingredients they recognize. So I think this is really the key to the success that we've been seeing, uh, both with consumers and with chefs. I agree. I mean, I had the chance to try it at Expo West in the spring, and I was very favorably impressed with the texture and the mouthfeel and the flavor and everything else. So kudos to you for that. Tell me about the focus on whole cut as opposed to burgers and meatballs. I think when we're talking about making this stuff, burgers and meatballs are easier to do. And so that's why they're sort of first out of the gate or or were in 2016 and before. Tell me about why are whole cuts a chunk's first priority? Ground meat made a lot of sense as a, as a first product for some of these early companies because you know ground meat is about 35, 40% of the beef market in the US. As you mentioned, I mean, it's, it's quite easy to recreate a ground product. It has no directionality. The texture is quite uh, similar or throughout the cut. Um, and goes in a bun with uh, condiments and sauces and, and so on. So the barrier there was quite low on flavor and texture. The issue with those products was that 
they also compete with another animal-based product that's also quite easy to make and rather cheap to make, right? Mm -hmm. So when these products had to compete uh, on the supermarket shelf, it was quite challenging to compete with the animal-based counterpart because of its low price and because obviously a lot of people really enjoy uh, beef burgers. It's a habit that a lot of Americans have to eat around meat and burgers. So we've been able to recreate some of these key attributes of whole cuts, uh, the fibrosity, the striation, the direction of the fibers. If you think about a good steak, it has you know, very clear fibers. The fibers have a specific direction within the cut that gives it its chewiness. We all know that you know, if you want to slice meat, you slice it across the grain. And if you slice it with the grain, it has a different texture and different mouthfeel. So we've been able to master that and recreate that with plant uh, materials, very simple plant materials without any binders, without any methyl cellulose, which I'm sure some of the listeners here know that's been the powerhouse of the industry. We've been able to recreate that fibrous texture while still maintaining some of the other key attributes of whole cuts like juiciness, water holding capacity, water retention, fat retention, to really create that very juicy uh, mouth coating bite that has a nice chewy texture and a very consistent flavor profile and very consistent chew. So this is what we've been able to do. And we've been able to do that at scale. I think this is really, you know, the, the unique thing is create an experience that people expect, the experience they love from standard animal-based meat, creating that cost-effectively and at scale. Well, I know that you don't want to go into a lot of details on, on the process, but I just want to make it clear, you're not 3D printing this. This is a different process that you're using. Absolutely, yeah. We So w- when we started thinking about, about how to make these cuts, it was very clear to us that we want to stay away for, from things like 3D printing, both for technological reasons, but also just in terms of the, the way you know we think about food. Uh, when we think about food, we think about traditional processes. People expect food to come from processes that they they know, that they've heard of, that you know, the, the processes that were used to make the foods they love. Very early on, we've identified fermentation and specifically solid state fermentation. Same technology or same uh, process that's been used for thousands of years to make many foods that us humans love. You know, anything from uh, kimchi through soy sauce and all the way to more Western, you know, foodstuffs like different sausages, chorizo, Mm -hmm. uh, different cheeses, blue cheeses and so on. So we really kind of looked at the space of fermented foods, realized that almost all of them, if not all of them, actually use soy state fermentation and decided to use this fermentation process that is known to create really nice umami flavors, really nice textures, really nice uh, flavors. And to use that with a plant-based protein, because plants are really good at creating, you know, protein, things like soy and so on are very high in protein, grow very rapidly, combine these two approaches in order to make a better plant-based option. And it's 100% plant-based. Do you have any thoughts or would it be even a possibility that down the road you might be considering any sort of hybrid product where perhaps, you know, some of the flavor or some of the fat might be coming from a cultivated company and combining with your fermented plant-based product? We've definitely been asked to by companies who operate in the space to join forces and collaborate on some of these efforts. We're always open to exploring, you know, different collaborations. And ultimately, what we care about is creating the best product for our customers. I think what the, the best product for our customer means is, you know, is, is complex, right? So mm-hmm. in, in many cases, that means minimum ingredients, ingredients that people recognize, 
buildings that have been eaten and consumed by people around the world for millennia. And that's not the case with some of these newer technologies. So obviously there are some benefits to the flavor of animals. We believe that we have already created something that's very, very close, and it's going to continuously get better and better and closer and closer to the real thing. To some people, and especially kids, they even prefer chunk steak. So it's also a matter of kind of a, the history of a person and what they've been consuming and you know what they care about and their memories and so on and what have shaped their preferences. But we believe that the product is actually really good on its own and does not necessarily need a an expensive uh, cultivated ingredient, but we still remain open. We have very friendly and open discussions with some of these companies, and we're not opposed to that. I mean, whatever makes our products better contributes to the general goal of getting people to eat more plants, less animals, reduce their footprint, and eat healthier, better. So working with a cultivated meat company in the future is what requires, then we will do it. So far, we haven't been, you know, we haven't seen any good reason to do that, not from the cost perspective, which is really important for our space, and not from the flavor and texture uh, angle. That is obviously the, the key differentiator that we have today. Oh, very much. I didn't miss it when I was trying it, but it just hybrid is growing in terms of a topic in these circles. And I sort of thought, well, I will ask about oh, that. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I mean, people who are used to eating animal products, may find that it, you know, they enjoy cooking, putting chunk on the same barbecue as an animal-based steak. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, we've been serving our products at very meat-forward, meat-folk-centric restaurants, and some of them do that. They cook a steak, and then next to it, they cook a chunk steak. And I think ultimately, that's the goal, right? To make this a desirable experience that everyone enjoys, both meat eaters and uh, vegetarians and vegans, and... Uh, you want to cook them together if you want to use them one instead of the other. These are all great possibilities. Well, as you said, you know, with restaurants, Chunk has a very restaurant forward sort of market share plan. And why is that a better way for Chunk to go to market instead of through the retail channel? Not that retail is never going to be part of the plan, but that's not your first choice here. It has to do with both the characteristics of the product and how we think we can get the product in the best way to consumers. I think. A lot of consumers found some plant-based brands didn't deliver on quality and on flavor and texture. Their first experiences were in retail, or many of the first experiences were in retail, where there's more variance. The consumer is a great cook, the, the product will taste great. If the consumer is not a great cook, then it won't taste as great. Mm-hmm. And the experience, it's broad. Some people will have a great experience, some people will have a less great experience with traditional plant-based uh, products. In our case, actually, it's quite easy to cook the product. It's very, very similar to meat. So we don't foresee any issues there. But we did try to learn from what others have seen in retail. The velocities were quite low in retail for many plant-based products in the chilled aisle. And what we said was, okay, you know, retail is going to be a challenge. It's a challenge to sell anything in retail, right? Even if you sell popcorn or a bag of chips or a new ice cream, all things that people love. But it's very hard to launch a new brand in retail very high sales and marketing costs and so on. On the other hand, in food service, the end customer is your customer's customer. So our customers are chefs. If we can foster a relationship with chefs, if we can convince them that many of them come to us because they have a need, but if we can convince them or show those that we have a need that our product answers that need, you know, they're going to make the best possible presentation of that dish that we didn't even think about. So, you know, we now very proudly serve in restaurants that present chunk 
in so many different cuisines. We have uh, customers who are Ethiopian uh, restaurants. We have customers who are Japanese restaurants. We have customers who serve this in steakhouses, traditional steakhouses and, and Korean-inspired steakhouses. We have customers that serve this in an Italian restaurant. The opportunities are endless uh, when you, you, know, you work with people who are as experienced and as chefs. You know, we've seen people pulling it apart and turning it into a ragu. We've seen people turning it into a steak that's been cooked on an open fire fire pit. It's been served, uh, smoked in the Formula One race a couple of weeks ago by a, you know, very well-known pit master. So we've seen all different types of chefs and cooks use this just like they would use meat. They get really fascinated by the fact that it, you know, it's, it's a raw material. It's an ingredient. It's not a, a product like many of these retail products that we've seen in the category. And this is what excites them. So I think once we pass the stage where chefs get excited, they get their customers excited, their guests excited, then people will say, and we already see that in, on our social media, people will say, where can I get this? I want to cook this at home. I want to experiment with this at home. And then they'll start looking for this on the supermarket shelves. And this would be the right time to introduce the product with where the sales and marketing budgets would go into growth, would go into making better and more retail-focused products, but the brand recognition is there, the desire to try the product is there, and you know, then we're just going to dominate the supermarket aisle, we're going to have our own brand block, and I'm sure we'll do very well because people have grown to like the product in, in the restaurants they love. What are some of the restaurants where maybe some of our listeners or I could go find this and try it in a dish? First of all, I would recommend that all the listeners, you know, go to our website. We have a nice web-based map with some of the locations where we serve. And you can find there. It's, it's probably the easiest. I'm going to talk about a few because we are very proud of some of these. But, you know, it's probably the easiest for some of the listeners to get up online. Also, following us on Instagram will, will help you and show you some of the pop-ups we do that are not listed there on the website. But I do want to talk about some of our relationships and collaborations because we're very proud of a few of them. So, I mean, first and foremost, uh, the Talk of the Town Group, they're the largest steakhouse chain in Central Florida. They own a bunch of steakhouses, Charlie Steakhouse, uh, Steakhouse and Vito's and Fishbone and a few others. They cook our steakhouse edition steak, six ounces on an open fire with their special rub. And we're very proud of that collaboration, doing really well. Another steakhouse that we work with is Anthony Scotto's Insignia, Prime Steak and Sushi. Again, very proud of that collaboration. I myself haven't had a chance to, to try it there, but I'm you know excited to try the product and I'm sure it's it's a great preparation. You know, we're working with a few other groups. So the Search Group, South Carolina, Kindred, Miriam in Manhattan, Neatburger. We have a you know fabulous collaboration with Neatburger in the US. This marks the first fast casual chain that we've collaborated with and not the last one. And as I mentioned, you know, we do events, so we collaborate and do different pop-ups. You know, for example, Formula One event that I've mentioned, we collaborate with mm -hmm. a few pitmasters. They sold an amazing amount of cases of product smoked and served in tacos. So there's plenty of locations on both coasts, two in Florida, and we're now opening a couple more distribution points, which will allow us to serve other markets as well. I'm interested, given your restaurant-forward focus, tell me about the role that marketing plays in Chunk's expansion. Because, first of all, you have a brand name, which in a lot of those steakhouses, you could ask who the supplier is for the various cuts that they offer. But it's usually that wholesale you know, channel, and, and there isn't really a brand associated with it. So you know, tell me about Chunk and its brand and how that is serves you 
as you're going through to the steakhouse type restaurants? It's a journey, right? I mean, some restaurants see the value immediately, especially because it as you know, slowly is becoming a synonym for quality in our space. People mm-hmm. know that the chunk plant-based steak is the best steak out there uh, in space. And it's a sign of quality. It's a sign of, you know, the restaurant shows their uh, patterns that they choose the best option for them. You know, we always ask, you know, restaurateurs, would you mind putting the name on? We think it adds value and we show them why it adds, adds value to them. We, we have the numbers to show them it adds value. But most of the times they're, they're happy to do it on their own because they understand the value that it brings to their customers. You know, we work very closely with the chefs and the owners to try and bring value. We do a lot of work on social media. Our director of marketing is doing an excellent job in really understanding the chefs, understanding the diners, understanding what they care about, sensitivities that they may have or may not have. Um, And we work with them very closely to help them develop the food edge they need, best showcase the, the product, to develop a social media strategy if you need help with that. And to really position the product on the, you know, we have our menu guidelines that help them position it in the best possible way. Uh, and by doing all of these things, and, you know, obviously the team has developed some proficiency in doing that. It's part of, of what we offer as a brand, in addition to a great tasting product. Our customers really respect it and really, really elaborate and, and help. You know, the, the nicest thing is that because, it, you know, the numbers are there, it brings them business in vegan restaurants. I think maybe even in all of them with the best performing item by far over every single night over any other menu item they have. And even in meat centric locations, sales are, you know, in the two or three or five percent of sales in the restaurant. So it brings them business. And if it brings them business, they're happy. And if they're happy, you know, the, the, the diners are happy. So the servers are happy to recommend it. We work with the servers to teach them what we've learned works best for their diners. So it's a combination of really the hospitality that we show and that then is, and obviously our customers show to their patrons then translates to building up a brand that cares about people, cares about our customers. And we only work with restaurants that care about their customers and want to bring them the best product. So I think it's, uh, it's that. It's just like building it from the bottom, working with the chefs and making sure it symbolizes the best quality and best trans- and transparency that's possible. It is a very high touch channel in terms of getting your message. But if you, if you work it right, there's a high reward for that as well. Absolutely. Amos, do you co-manufacture or are you operating your own factory? Because you were building a facility for your own purposes earlier this year. So I think one of the unique things about Chunk is that, you know, we talked about retail earlier and and, and many of the retail-focused brands were working with co-packers. They, so most of their work, their innovation was mostly around sales and marketing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and pushing the product through retail. In our case, my background is in science and engineering and, and culinary background. We've, the company started from the product and from the culinary experience. So it was very clear that from the first months of the company that we're onto something that people want. So there's something craveable there. But then the question is, how do you make that product? How do you create a mode that prevents others from making similar products? And how do you make that at scale? These were the challenges. You know, we made a what was then a less popular decision, which is we're developing our own technology. We're obviously using, you know, food grade and food machinery because there are companies that make great machinery for these purposes. And, but we're developing our own process, our own technology 
and we're going to manufacture our own products. We've built a factory very quickly. It took us about two years from idea to probably what is one of the largest, if not the largest factory by volume of product that comes out of it in the space of plant-based whole cuts. And we've finished construction in the summer of this year. Uh, we started ramped up production rather quickly, and we're now shipping that product to the U.S. and selling in the U.S. We have already quite a few distribution points in the East Coast and West Coast, and we're now developing more relationships with distributors that will be announced in the coming months. So yeah, that's our first factory. And part of our DNA is the process engineering, the manufacturing, the culinary development of new products. And that's, you know, that's what we do best. And that's what we're going to continue doing. And this is where our expertise lies. I see. Is the production in Israel or in Europe? So current production is in Israel. Yes. Okay. Current production is in Israel. We're planning to build a another facility next year, starting next year. It's going to be a lot bigger. And that facility is going to be in, the, in North America. Amos, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I think Chunk Foods has got a great story to tell, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this develops in the next year or so. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Chunk isn't on the menu of any of the restaurants near me, at least not yet. I have tried it, though, at trade shows, and I was deliciously impressed. Our thanks to Amos for sharing his thoughts with us today. You can read more on the present and the future of all the alt proteins on our website at alt-meat.net. Registration is free. You can also go there to subscribe to our newsletter and print magazine dedicated to the business of alternative meats. 